Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We are continuing our show from our homes. I'm Fiona Lamb and I'm joined by... Coach Kiwi. Emma Phillips. Nat Morgan. And... Pepper Randall. Thanks for having Welcome. me. Welcome. Welcome, Pepper Randall. So um, thanks so much for giving us your time tonight. And I'm going to start off with how heartbroken I was watching mm-hmm. you... <laughs> Uh, walk off. I actually, I actually hit Alicia Eva hard with this last week, so I'm going to do the same to you. Seeing the image of you guys walk off that stadium after um, being defeated by Melbourne, and the absolute heartbreak, particularly on written on your face, Pepper. Um, how did you kind of pick yourself up after that? Um, yeah, just going back to that thing you asked before about things I don't want to talk about. I don't want to say just the entire last round is. We can probably just put that on ice. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Look, I can't honestly say I've given it a lot of thinking time um, since the that siren went. Um, it's, uh, I guess, it's kind of all been drowned out with you know what everything else that's going on in the world, and maybe that's a blessing in disguise because it was a really gut-wrenching moment when the siren went and just that last minute of the game um I've, I've never been particularly emotionally attached to footy games before but this year um I don't know I think my my outlook and perspective and connection to the club changed quite a bit so uh, I think for the first time ever I just everything that we'd worked towards that year and you know regardless of what it was going to look like after that I just kind of like saw it all in a flash and uh yes was overwhelmed by emotion at the precise moment the camera was on my face so yeah yeah, (laughs) and occasionally me and Alicia will send each other a message when we have a fleeting moment thinking about the game but I can't say too hard and what do those messages say? Is it uh, that was your fault? No, it was your fault? (laughs) That that kind of thing? Yeah it's more along the lines of like I'd rather eat a pangolin than re-watch the last game. <laughs> <laughs> someone else, you know, have uh, someone from Melbourne having a great time and me and her just, <sighs> yeah. Pangolin, that's quite specific. But... <laughs> so do you want to just um, just tell us what, um, so tell us where you are now for the listeners because we know where you are, but just tell us what, what the last um, couple of weeks have been like for you going through um COVID, as we are all having our individual experiences. Yeah. Oh, look, I won't go too much into it because I think everyone's pretty, you know, COVID drenched. But <laughs> um, you know, uh, pretty much as soon as as soon as that siren went, within about forty eight hours, we'd we'd gotten word that the season was pretty much done and dusted. So, um, I guess since then, it was just a you know, much the same for everyone else, things accelerated really quickly and we went from, you know, having a party at our house after the game to the next day you can't be with more than five people and so just, you know, obviously all that happened really quickly um, yeah. and me and my girlfriend were just kind of listening to see if potentially state borders might close and if we might need to just head home to be with family um, and in the end we just found ourselves kind of dwelling waiting for someone to tell us what to do and we just decided we're going to head off for a little bit so I'm back in Melbourne I'm at mum and dad's house right now so it's been a nice few days with them and I don't know as I said I'm just like living school holidays life I'm playing PlayStation 2 and 
can't say I'm doing a heap more. I don't know. Yeah. Any game recommendations? Uh, I've been reliving um, Ratchet and Clank, if you've ever played. Huge fan over here. Yeah, okay. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just move on. <laughs> Not Tony Hawk. Oh, yeah. Huge Tony Hawk fan. But... Um, beaten it so many times, you know, it's not even funny. <laughs> Fair enough. Nat? Yeah, hey, Pepper, you said that this year at the Giants you had a different connection to the club. What What yeah. was that about? Um, I guess, like, yeah, if I'm going to be brutally honest, I think my whole experience at AFLW since beginning has been very, very much about myself, as I think a lot of athletes, you know, operate in that way. It's always been about progressing my own footy career. Um and I don't know, probably in the past, you know, 12 to 18 months, I kind of did a huge backflip on that and, you know, had a big kind of roller coaster of enjoyment of footy and reevaluated, I guess, why I was doing it and what was important to me and everything around it. Um, so I guess this year I had quite a different approach to, to how I wanted to play and the kind of person I wanted to be as part of the group. Um, and also finding myself in the leadership group for the first time, I obviously saw a lot more that goes on behind the scenes. Um, I think I had a much greater appreciation for the, just the sheer effort that goes in from Al and the staff and, you know, all the players and, and the other leaders. And, um, yeah, I think probably it was just a lot less... Um, self-involved and I think I had a, a significant amount more care for the team and the girls and and the club itself so yeah it just hurt I think you know in the past perhaps I haven't been so upset about the result because as narcissistic as it sounds I know there's a lot of other people out there who operate in a similar way but if the if I'd played well and we lost I wasn't really that upset so it was a hard truth to come to, but it was also a really good one because it's, you know, it's really changed how I enjoy footy. So, mm. oh, good. Yeah. Em, it's um, it's really refreshing to hear you speak with that sort of honesty. Actually, Pepper, I mean, it's you know, you don't get too many athletes of your caliber prepared to do that. So, you know, firstly, thanks for that frankness. Um, what do you what do you attribute that mindset shift to? You talk about a twelve to eighteen month period. Can you recall? Mm. Is it sort of a, you know, was there a major shift for you that tipped you into that place? Yeah. Um, after my first year at Giants, basically, as I kind of just said then, like I operated on that model. Like it was, if I played well, things were good. You know, I wasn't really fussed about much else. Um, and I kind of came out at the end of that season and I'd, I'd placed a huge amount of, you know, importance on being a good footballer. And I kind of did that and realised that I was really... I don't know, just like dissatisfied. And then I kind of, you know, that was a thinking pattern that had kind of existed in other parts of my life too. And I just kind of crashed really quickly and suffered a fair bit of anxiety and depression. So I kind of went on, sounds a bit cheesy, but like a bit of a journey basically trying to um, overcome all that and deal with all that. And I, in doing so, had to basically come to terms with the fact that I was just so self-involved um, yeah, in parts of my life and, and put so much pressure on myself to succeed in lots of things that it just kind of wasn't beneficial and it wasn't making me happy. So it just made me, I guess I had to change quite drastically my values and morals and, and then what that looked like in footy because I didn't see myself playing for much longer if I was going to operate 
you know, in that other way. So, you know, that's a very condensed version of it and maybe sounds a little bit blasé. It was quite a long process and I learnt loads. Um, but ultimately it was for the better, I think, and I think I'm a better person for it. And I think, you know, I'm enjoying footy so much more. It's a completely different um, experience. So. You've spoken in the past about um, suffering from anxiety, I think, in a, a reasonably major way. And again, you know, speaking with some good honesty about it, that sounds like something you have gotten on top of now. And I'm, I'm just curious about, I've got a couple of friends who really suffer from it and in mm. this obvious environment are really struggling, you know, but yeah. you've just, you sound like you've really got a handle on things. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think myself, a lot of it was attributed to, as heaps of people who suffer from anxiety, it's just about like, I think it's a social kind of habit that's fueling, you know, it's constantly trying to better yourself in some way. And if you're not doing that, then you're kind of not um, perhaps, I don't know, like good enough or something like that. So I guess trying to really shift that perspective and, and get, and so many athletes are bad at this, but get good at having downtime um, and get better at, you know, having a whole year of your life where you might not progress in, I don't know, your career or an academic way or in your sporting career or something. Like you're actually just stagnant and you're just doing something else, which is, I don't know, finding a hobby or something like something really simple. So, um, you know, like my New Year's resolution last year was to get better at like having naps. And doing, and you know, like just doing yeah. really simple stuff. So I think I seriously, if this coronavirus had occurred 18 months ago, I actually think I would have been in serious strife. In, you know, and I think there will be a lot of people, unfortunately, who do suffer at the moment because it is really, really hard in the society we live in to, you know, being in a time where you can almost do nothing, and feel okay about it. So I, I yeah, I think I've definitely gotten really good at it. But it's like it's actually something I have to actively acknowledge and kind of like work to do and remind myself that you know having days off is part of being a good athlete and part of being a normal person and stuff like that so it's something I'm aware of and I think potentially something that a lot of people aren't aware of the importance of um but I have to do it quite drastically so like it has to be like quite dramatic um you know not just like have an hour off like I really have to like force myself to have a couple days off or you know have a beer or whatever it is so yeah, definitely in a very different place, a much more relaxed place, which is nice. And nice. do you think it's made – do you think you had a much better year on the footy field as well? Were you a better player because of this new mindset? I think I was definitely um, – uh, I think I was much more relaxed, you know, and I, like, I, I don't think I had a stellar year, but I definitely know I did my job week in, week out, and I know that I did what I had to do for the team and I – you know, Al, Al gave me a job at the start of the week and I knew I'd get that done and it was just really nice to know that that was my job, that's what I wanted to do and I wasn't hung up about having an amazing game or, you know, beating this, you know, really good forward or, you know, so it was just, it just really simplified it and I think, you know, with that just brought real clarity around what I needed to do every game and, yeah, I th look, I think, yeah, in a kind of not very flashy way at all, I think I did have a really good season because it was just very you know relaxing and enjoyable so yeah was Alan happy like there was a sort of a farewell and a chat and a talk and a send-off <laughs> he was happy with the year you'd had um it was a very brief send-off uh it was I think it was for like 15 minutes 
And for some reason, he decided it needed to be at 7.45 in the morning. That's fine. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, but, look, in all honesty, I think, like, we, the your formal exit interviews, they're kind of on the back burner at the minute. But, you know, he did have a few words with me, and I think he was quite, you know, I think he was very happy with, I guess, just the um, – maybe what's the word, like the continuity in my performance. So every week it wasn't really a roller coaster. It was just reliable. Um, and that's, yeah, it's maybe not like the most exciting brand of footy, but I'm pretty happy with that as a defender. You just want reliability, I think, down there. All right. Over to you, Kiwi. Hey, so um, so this consistency and this new kind of brand and relaxed uh, feeling of football you're playing, you finished the season with um, – and disposal disposal efficiency rating of 80 percent which mm. is pretty high for the season and um any coach will tell you he'd love your defenders finishing with your rating so high um do you think this is something that the giants are doing collectively too because it just seemed on a whole i think tanya hetherington was slightly higher by a couple of percents mm. um but the others were around 80 percent in the back line and giants on a whole this year seemed to be a lot more accurate with the ball and better use of the football this year than perhaps the other couple of years. Um, do you feel that, you know, this has sort of gone across the whole team, this kind of feeling and reflection? Um, well, yeah, I guess, like, it's it's really nice to see that, you know, Giants are in their fourth year and perhaps from being, you know, traditionally a club of girls who maybe didn't have as much footy under their belt as some Victorian teams, I think we've seen how good being in an elite environment is actually for improving just like skills and nitty-gritty basics and understanding of footy so you know we're starting to see well personally like I wasn't a good kick when I started playing AFLW I was actually a terrible kick and you know Alan said to me at the start of this year he said you know like why can you kick all of a sudden like what's happened and I was just like I actually don't know like I just am not really thinking about it very much I'm not stressed about it um I think that's been a huge thing that's very much Al's kind of um mantra is just about being relaxed and not getting stressed in the moment and he really is harps on about girls trying not to get obviously it's hard but not getting caught up on about um selection or getting caught up on a bad kick and so there is definitely um people are encouraged to be relaxed and calm and, and feel safe about stuffing up and I think that's been awesome because I think there was a lot of angst in our group you know maybe two three years ago just about being good enough um but again, I think you've also seen like a really good program that's starting to work really well. So I don't, and I wouldn't say it's super complicated, but I think it's just like, it's just actually just like the really simple basics. Like we, we, you know, we're an AFL club and we still start every single training lesson session. And not that other people don't do this, but we literally start with kicking, handballing. You know, it's no different to go down to your local club ten years ago. It's the same stuff. Like you're just kicking, handballing try your left foot, try your left hand, you know, do it under pressure. It's all the same stuff. So it's just, I think it's just repetition, repetition, repetition. And we're seeing the results, which is really nice. Awesome. And have you um, changed any of your pre-game music? <laughs> stayed the same? Um, is this something that you guys know about that I should know about or something? Is I'm like scared that you guys are going to drop a bomb or something. No, no, no. I think I'm sure I heard from Fridge last year that um, there was supposed to be this idea that everyone contributed to the, the oh. but, but actually it was just all it was you. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah, 
I tried to be a little more liberal this year um, and I tried to honour everyone's song. Um, still, there were a few that I just, I had to do it for the good of the team, you know, like <laughs> I'm doing the girls a favour here. Yeah, so don't don't name the players, but name the name the songs or at least the genres. Let's. I think Yellow by Coldplay. Oh, I see out. that as an up pre-game song. I just have to call it there, you know. Like there was a couple along that yep. line. I was like, I don't think, I don't think this is going to get the girls going. Who, who's got the worst music taste? Well. <laughs> Don't name anyone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. That was, that, Michael, I'm not asking. I'm not saying don't name. I'm saying <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A couple of country kids who could do with a bit of an education, maybe around the music uh, realm. Please. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> So um, we've heard we've heard in the pipeline that there might be a DJ Pep and French sort of gig in the building. Ooh. Um. Well, we we have. Yeah, well, she's completely addicted, which is hilarious. I lent her this really bad set of decks that I bought a couple of years ago. And then basically I didn't hear from her for about three months. And it turns out she's just like in this cave in her room playing just DJ on her DJ decks all day, every day, which is pretty funny. So we've hung out a couple of times since now that I can get in contact with her again. Um. And, yeah, she's come a long way. So, we I don't know, we've always had quite a funny connection around music. Like, we don't talk about much else. We don't even talk about footy. So, I wouldn't be surprised if there is something on route. I just don't know if any of the girls are going to listen because none of them like the music we listen to. So, we usually wait till the end of the night of Fridge Fest and then just meet her and her husband just have our, our moment. And the rest of the girls over it by then. It's it's a lot of electronic music, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It a lot is. of soft synth and all that. Yeah, <laughs> totally not what the country kids are into. No. <laughs> I've tried, I've tried, but they're not catching on. <laughs> and eventually, I just play it anyway, and they don't have a choice. Well, I've heard that um, Alicia and Lou they're warming to it. So you know, you started with two, that'll just spread through the team. Oh yeah, everyone wants a piece. Like even Emma Swanson. Uh, Emma Swanson. Um, Message about six of us in the team the other day and wants to do a Zoom meeting, all of us DJing. It's going to sound horrible. It's going to sound absolutely disastrous, but she's set on it. So, yeah, it's spread around the country. It's quite hilarious. It's a great hobby, though. Like, it's a great hobby if you just want to – that's what most of the girls have said. They're, like, they're not super keen on the – like, into the music and stuff, but it's, like, if you want to check out, get into mixing. Just there you go. If you want to do that, feel free. Yeah. And perfect for current situation with the isolations. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I've been giving a good crack. It's just, you know, you're there and it's like you're, you know, you're out at a night out and then you remember that you're actually just at your mum's house and you have to <laughs> be quiet. and yeah. Go to bed, Peppa. Yeah. <laughs> Make, <it> <laughs> Make, Make your bed. Yeah, Make your bed. Now, uh, Nat, didn't you have a question uh, for Peppa Um well, the thing is, uh, now we're on um, Skype, there's a bit of, there's footage, so I can see that you've sort of half retained the mullet, <laughs> and uh, it hasn't, yeah, like it's a bit of regrowth happening there, but you you turned it into something quite special throughout the year. Each week, did you tidy it up a little bit, and you got the kids on the sideline involved as well? It was great. Well, yeah, look, I don't, it wasn't really on purpose, I don't really know how it happened, but... 
it's yeah, it's it's still here. Um, and being Wagga Wagga was one of the most hilarious experiences of my life as a footballer. You know, like you do get a bit of you know crowd interaction. Occasionally, you'll get a couple of footy nuts who want you know um, signatures and stuff like that, and that's really cool. And you know, it's quite exciting when you haven't really, I guess engaged with crowds a lot in the past um but Wagga was so funny I literally couldn't walk two meters without someone wanting a photo who also had the exact same haircut as me <laughs> um, I I reckon I had like 300 photos I couldn't like get into the tent. it was hilarious but it was funny it was just great so Wagga was great um and as you saw some poor kid's mum had to give him a mullet after he met me um <laughs> I felt a little guilty but nah, you're a role model living no, Pepe, you actually inspired my partner's son to get the mullet oh, no. <laughs> about, about three or four months back <laughs> against the wishes of his mum and against the wishes of his grandmother most certainly and you want to get you out and he said yeah 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 I'm gonna do it and he did the next week it was on I'm glad that I'm engaging like, you know, potentially not a great, like a not a widely engaged audience of, you know, teenage boys. But then I'm sad that I'm also losing the faith of like the mums and the partners at the same time. It's so, the mullet split, isn't it? Yeah, it's a real <laughs> split, unfortunately. Uh, It'll be gone soon, much to my mum's delight. <laughs> Shaved off instead. Yeah. You'll have to, and you'll have to do it yourself, won't you? Because all hair salons are closed. Is that That's right? That's right. Well, we actually um, we auctioned it off um, as part of a bushfire fundraiser um, with some like some of the men were selling footy boots and stuff. And me and my housemate Beeso, Rebecca Beeson, mm-hmm. kind of just you know as a joke floated the idea of that. And she works in commercial at Giants. And next minute, it was up on the page, and it actually like it did pretty well in the scheme of things. Um, except that Alicia Eber's dad ended up being the winning bid. I don't know if he actually wanted to be the winning bid. So it's now his problem. So I kind of feel like I have to keep it until he, you know, I don't know. He's the curator. He's the curator. I'm having such a giggle at that because I know Brian Eber also because I played a lot of footy with Alicia back in Melbourne and he would be the winning bid in every single Hmm. fundraiser we have. Every single time Brian would take care of it. (laughs) He's he's one of my favourite people. He really is a gem. Isn't he also the owner of a really awful um, Giants jumper? Oh, is that the knitted winter one? I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. Yes, he's got the uh, yeah. the, the, the winter ski. The, the Christmas yeah. S. That's right, that yeah. style. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's a man with he's a man with um with he's taste. an enigma though. Like it's just, yeah. Hey um Pep, so we um posted this really gorgeous photo of you on our Facebook page um of a young Pepper Randall when she first got drafted to the Bulldogs back in Oh, 2015. Wow. Yeah. Um, quite a different haircut, pre-mullet. <laughs> Pre- yes, it was quite different. Um, what would Pepper Randall 2020 say to Pepper Randall 2015? Um, that's a really great question. Because you were uh, fresh fresh out of school then, I think. I was you? fresh. I was very fresh and I was very new to footy. So I think, um, I, I guess, I don't know, like obviously we spoke earlier about this quite dramatic shift in you know the way I approach footy and what I wanted to get out of it unfortunately I think you know that's only something you can kind of learn 
by going through the process of it and realizing it. So I think if I'd told myself back then that I probably should try and get out of my own head and actually enjoy things, being, you know, an arrogant 18 year old, I probably wouldn't listen to myself. Um, I think potentially because I have been so, you know, obsessed with becoming a better player that often um, I've missed a lot of the, not completely, but I think I've missed some of the great things that come with footy, some of the friendships, some of the social sides of it. Um, You know, like I left my local footy club, St Kilda Sharks, when I was 18 because, you know, I just wanted to get better and we didn't have a coach at the time. And, you know, I regret that to this day because it was just such a fun club. Like I had such a great time at that club and I had such great friends. And, um, you know, I, I really just wish that I'd just stayed there and enjoyed it and kind of trusted in the whole thing. So I don't know, it's a little cheesy, but I think just trying to, you know, maybe just not get so caught up in the footy side of it all and try and enjoy just like quite like special community and group that you get to experience through AFL and I like I'm glad like I'm there now and I have such an incredible group of friends and community around me and um but I think yeah I think there was times where I probably ignored that or missed it was just completely blind to it but yeah maybe that would be it hopefully I'd listen probably not (laughs) I wouldn't Okay, All right. we've got a really important yeah. question, and especially being a defender, have you given a coat hanger? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wonder about that one. <laughs> or have you been coat hangered? We'll let I you have that one I've too. Be- I reckon I've been coat hanged at least three times. <laughs> um, I don't remember. I don't think I have. The only thing I did do once, and I didn't mean to, but and it was just a disaster. I tried to fend someone off. But instead of fending, I kind of like punched them in the throat. And as soon as I did it, I just was like, oh, my God, that was the worst thing ever. Like, that was just bad. So as soon as I did it, I I was like, oh, terrible, terrible. Um, But, yeah, I I have been absolutely nailed by Darcy Vessio. Um, We can laugh about it now, but we didn't speak for about a year after this. Right. And also Taylor Harris got me a beauty, uh, I think, like last year or something like that. Um, Again, laugh about it now. Like I'm not really one to get particularly hung up about things that happen on the field because things happen on the field. But uh, I I can't actually say I've given a good one. I've definitely been on the receiving end a couple of times, unfortunately. And they've been replayed to me many times. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Thank you very much for joining us on The Coat Hanger. Thank you very much. Thanks, Pepper. Thanks so Cheers. much, Pepper. Thanks. Well, that was great having uh, having Pepper on. I'm really glad she could um, spare some time for us tonight. And uh, I learned a few things too, especially about her music. You're listening to the Coat Hanger Football Radio Show on 2SER 107.3, where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. Now, last week we had a chat to Alicia Eva. And we suggested that um, perhaps Fridge, Amanda Ferrugia, ex-captain of Giants, who was, was nominated as the Premiership Cup ambassador for this year, we reckoned that she's kind of been a bit shortchanged and we reckon she should be allowed to keep the cup. Well, Alicia Eva reached out to Amanda Ferrugia and she seems to think that that's a great idea and given that the AFL hasn't been in touch... We reckon it's hers. So drink up, Fridge. All the best to you. 
<laughs> cheers, Fridgie. Cheers, Fridgie. And speaking of cheers, we are going to have the Coat Hanger End of Season Awards. And it's going to be controversial. It's going to be fun. And we want to hear from you. So we're going to put those up on the nominations up on the socials. And we want you to vote in our polls. Let us know what you think. All done, all finished, ladies. You look as if you want to say something, Coach Kelly. Well, I was going to mention a couple of the categories because. Okay, go for it. Quick sticks. Well, you know, we're just superb categories such as best from our veggie patch, the jumping the height of the bridge. There's uh, going to be the newest seeds who flourished and, um, you know, the promo queens of the league. So they are awards like nobody else has and just like our show. Very semi-professional. We're not like anybody else. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Coach Kiwi. Thanks, Nat, and thanks, Em. This is the Coat Hanger Football Radio Show. Catch us every Tuesday, 7 p.m. on 2SER 107.3 and follow us on socials, Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. And for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune, tune in to, to the, the Coat Hanger. Hanger.